0: What's up, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Trivia Rewrites. Thank you, as always, for taking the time to tune in to this week's episode. On the upcoming episode, we learn a little new, some new stuff about whale sharks, the largest fish in the ocean, but recently, scientists have discovered something that, believe it or not, relates them to salamanders, of all things. Yep, from big old whale sharks to small salamanders. Uh, Demo, as always... Tends to ask me space questions, but this time he snuck it in. Was not expecting it. So, see if you can spot and listen for the space question that will be be coming your direction during this episode. And then, also a little bit of a teaser question for you Do you know who Ricky Regal is? Think about that. As we have discussed, instead of the typical hot seat segment, we're still still workshopping the new segment, but uh, more of a trivial riffing as it's been coined on this week's episode, and the riffing in which we will be trivializing is the TV show and the city of Dallas. And, you know, please be patient with us, hope you enjoy this segment, but much like most of the roads that are in Dallas, this segment is also under construction, so please let us know your feedback, your thoughts, we will happily change whatever we can to make sure the show is more entertaining for you. Thanks again for tuning in, and now without any more delay, let's get on into this week's episode of Trivia Rewrites.
1: Welcome to Trivia Rewrites, where we look at how the news is changing trivia. Today is Wednesday, March 3rd, 2021. I'm your host, Demo, and this is my co-host, Hibbs. What up, man? How much. I had to look at the date there. We're in March already. Yo, how do you feel? I usually write it down at the top of the episode, but I had to panically look at the calendar in the corner of my computer.
0: Yeah, uh... I mean, I'm sure sure everyone else has seen it, but it's uh, officially the one-year anniversary of the reunion of the two-week, or the one-year anniversary of the two-week quarantine.
1: Oh, when did, really? I thought it was like mid-March for me, but maybe not. Maybe I I was behind the rest of the country. March
0: still. I mean, happened in March. Yes, true. Hmm. Behind originally, but apparently now, according to the uh, governor of Texas, y'all are ahead. (laughs) Yeah. I don't apparently yeah they're getting rid of the mask mandate no mask mandate no uh no restrictions no on
1: uh restaurants or anything like that i don't know i i'm gonna wear i will wear a mask until i have the vaccine i'm just gonna say that i feel like that's a decent idea but
0: sure man you're allowed to do whatever you want
1: not whatever i want but yeah whatever you want Demo. whatever Sorry, I'm just thinking to myself about the possibilities you've laid out. Okay, anyway, this is a trivia show where we look at the weekly news and try to write questions about it. But to start us off, Hibbs, you have some This Day in History style questions for
0: us. That I do. Again, the day is March 3rd. Um, 1873, rewinding the clocks a little bit here, um, an early form of censorship in the United States. Uh, is enacted by congress as what law would make it illegal to send quote obscene literature and articles of immoral use through the mail
1: mm. I, I don't know what constitutes the obscene literature
0: nor do i know what immoral use literature is but the mail porn act <laughs> <laughs> Male Porn Act of 1873. I don't know. M-A- <laughs> M-A-L-E Yes. <laughs> um, no. It is the Comstack Law. Com- Comstock oh, Law. Comstock. Geez, Louise, I got super southern there. Comstock. Comstock Law. Wow. Man, man. my southern, my southern roots really that came person, out there. Is that a person Comstock, or is that uh, stand for something? You know. You know. Demo. Fantastic follow-up question. Let me take a gander. See if I can find it really quick for you. Comstock Law of 1873. Uh-huh. I might just, just talk like this for the rest of the episode. Comstock Laws.
1: I just want to know, like, what made it illegal to send obscenity, contraceptives, abortifacients, uh, Abort. sex toys? What does that mean? They are substances which induce abortion. Personal oh. letters with any sexual content or information, or any information regarding the above items. You couldn't even speak of the above items. <laughs> Not even... You can't send them. Hey, you
0: can't even speak of them. Okay, question. Question then. How, if you can't send or speak of them, how did they get this out? Telegraph. Was it The telegraph? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Baby. I guess they had to
1: send out the notices before the law went into effect. Starting tomorrow,
0: all of this is illegal. So, you know, like, you know the mail of 1872, the whole year before this was just littered with just obscenities. I, but, like... You always hear about stuff back in like, you know, 1800s or whatever that was like this was considered immoral for women to show their ankles. Yeah. So I want to know like who got what in the mail that was like, "Oh dear my." Wow. To Congress immediately with this. Yeah. I don't know.
1: Anyway, Anthony Comstock. He's a person.
0: There you go. Oh, I bet he's a real I bet he's a real pleasure to have at parties. I bet he was a fun guy. <laughs> 1923. Uh, Henry Luce and Brighton Hayden published the first issue of their now world-renowned magazine, with their first issue featuring Speaker Joseph G. Cannon. What magazine was this? Didn't we didn't we talk about this? Did we?
1: I I asked you who was on the first cover of, of wasn't it Time magazine? It was
0: Time. Hey, Trivia's trivia trivia trivia. And
1: I asked you whether like what position he held, and it was Speaker of the House Joseph of the Joseph House.
0: Cannon. You said joseph g cannon oh excuse me (coughs) maybe i should start going by my middle initial austin g hibbs Ooh, that's really is g that's good good uh yeah if you were meeting me if you were meeting me for the first time so granted your current judgments of me yeah put those to the side for a second go ahead and i introduced myself as austin g hibbs esquire esquire (laughs) what does esquire mean (laughs) it's like you're a lawyer (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh, I'm not, I'm not a lawyer. I can't do that. No, I, yeah, probably not unless you have some kind of title or something like that to say after your name. Otherwise, you just kind of sound pretentious unless.
0: Yeah, maybe if I ever become like a salesman. Like a, sure. Like a rep, yeah. rep for a company. Oh, I don't know. I just hate myself a little bit just hearing it. Anyway, 1933. Who is the composer of the Star Spangled Banner, which was signed in by President Herbert Hoover? Herbert, oh jeez, Herbert Hoover to become the national anthem of of the United States on this day. Well, so I know that Francis Scott Key wrote the words,
1: but I I don't know if he, I don't think he wrote the music to go along with that, so I don't know.
0: Oh, that's true. Um, Everything I saw just said, Francis Scott Key's star Sprinkled Banner becomes the... So he had Dash written the,
1: the poem or whatever that became the lyrics of right. the song, but I think the song the was separately composed. So
0: I think that's true.
1: Anyway, I don't know. If you don't have it readily available, it's fine.
0: I, I just have Francis Scott Key. Um, Moving on. I was correct. <laughs> you are correct. Point for Demo. <laughs> uh 20 years into the future, 1951, Mm. claimed by some to be the first rock and roll song, the song Rocket 88 is recorded in Memphis, Tennessee Okay, by who? Ah,
1: If you'd believe this, I have it on my Spotify, but what is his name?
0: No part of me does not believe that because you. I guarantee you when you're driving on the road doing those road trips with the boys and this song comes on you're probably like hey did you know that this is considered by many to be the first <laughs> well?" no cuz I looked that up one time
1: song? I was like what is the first rock and roll song and that was one that a lot of people mentioned as being an early one
0: I I don't recall Close? I can't I can't oh. remember his name Ike Turner and Jackie Brinston ah. kind of a, they were both involved <laughs> Okay. <laughs> nice. And then 1986, the UK loses con- loses control of yet another country as this country becomes fully independent. What country under UK rule became fully independent on March 3rd, 1986? 86. Yeah, it's pretty late. I will specify that it is fully independent. Like so they were kind of functioning Canada. on their own. Ooh, good guess. Australia. Okay. that's it. That's all we got for this day in history.
1: Nice. Good. Covered a lot of stuff there. Um, Now, we're going to move on to the topical portion of the show, the trivia rewrites portion of the show. So, this is where uh, we've looked at the weekly news and uh, try to come up with some questions about it, whether there's a record that's been set or something's happened for the first time. We're going to talk about that here. So, to start us off, I've got a couple of sports questions. I don't know if this Bring is. Bring the, them to me. Uh, after signing this three time Defensive Player of the Year, the Arizona Cardinals Super Bowl odds shortened from 50 to 1 to 33 to 1 at point, Points Bet Sportsbook. So, which three time Defensive Player of the Year did they sign?
0: Three time Defensive. Can you give me a. Uh, is it like. Lineman, or he is a uh, secondary lineman. Line defensive lineman, three-time defensive player of the year. Correct. Uh oh, lineman. Man, I don't even, He I previously don't know. spent
1: ten years with the Houston Texans. <laughs> oh, uh, JJ Watt. Correct. JJ Watt signed a two-year, thirty-one million-dollar contract. With the Cardinals, uh, I said he won Defensive Player of the Year three times. He's one of only three players who have done that. Can you name either of the other two who've won that award three times?
0: One of them is active. Surprisingly. All right. Well, I want to. Say, I don't know why I want to say this, but Richard Sherman is always in the news. I don't know if he' pretty good cornerback. I don't know if three times incorrect, of, not correct. Okay. Um, who was the defensive lineman for the Dallas Cowboys there for a long time before he got traded? Don't know. Uh, He's a, he's a very well-known defensive lineman. I'll say this. It's not him. Okay. Okay. Uh, Troy Palamalu? No. Uh, the (laughs) dude, I'm just going to One more guess. One more guess. Nah, I got two more. Uh, (laughs) Green Bay Packer with the long blonde hair. (laughs) No, not him. Like, play, play Matthews? Play Matthews? Play Matthews? <laughs> this guy was on the Rams, and but then,
1: then he moved to the Buccaneers this year. And he Defensive? Won. Yes.
0: Huh. And who was the guy that had the big robot arm for the, uh, for the Ravens? The Ravens robot arm. Yeah. I you mean, know Ray Lewis? Yeah.
1: Not him either. We got uh, the old one, Lawrence Taylor. The original yeah, no LT, idea. he was a linebacker for the uh, New York Giants. And then the active one, Aaron Donald. The lineman. Aaron, Aaron Donald. <laughs> Aaron Donald. <laughs> anyway.
0: Nope. Cool. Uh, that's it. That's what I had. Did you have... I really, when it comes to like, especially the NFL, and even the NBA at this point, like in professional sports, I know just enough to be, I know just enough to think that as... That, I know just enough about sports to think that I know more about any commentator besides ex-professional athletes.
1: More than any commentator, you mean? Uh, yeah, as long as okay. the
0: commentator isn't the professional, isn't a former professional athlete themselves. Like if I'm watching and Tony Romo's commentating, obviously Tony Romo knows more about the game than me. But yeah. like, I know enough about sports to be like, this announcer is an idiot. <laughs> uh, okay, in my opinion, I think <laughs> you most didn't know announcers who Aaron are Donald stupid. was. So let's not pat yourself on the back too much, but. That's what I'm saying. I know enough about the, the game itself, but I don't have okay. like... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, okay. Uh, what do you got? Give us give us one of yours. I got another sportsman. All right. right. We'll wait. Uh, I'm trying to figure out who this is. Demarcus Ware. That's what I was thinking of. Ah. Good guess, I think. He's a really good line, lineman. Sure. He is. Performing for the first time since 2003, the band The Network is a side project made up of the members of what more well-known punk rock band? They perform in masks and cover their identities, quote-unquote secret identities, but what is their actual more well-known band? Who performs in masks? Network does? The Network. Oh, okay. Uh, punk rock.
1: I'm not good with genres. Hmm. Blink-182, are they punk rock? I think you would categorize them under punk rock. But it's not them. Green Day. How about them?
0: That's good. That's correct.
1: Okay. That's what Green I was... Day has
0: an entirely side project band called The Network. Mm. They performed for the first time this last. They have an album that was like I should have it in front of me, and I can't find it. It was like Money Money Twenty Twenty was the name of the album that was released back in two thousand three. Okay. And then they released another album, or like re- re-released that album with something like Money Greed Money Twenty Twenty Told You So or something. <laughs> or in the money money 2003 they should have called it money money 2020 (laughs) part two told you so ah their first album in nearly two decades wow yeah nice any anything else with that oh i do apologize i said 2003 i meant 2005 oh you got the you still got it right but still correction no that's all okay second sports question Mm mm-hmm I know just enough about sports to think that (laughs) I know more than any commentator. A very rare rookie card
1: for which NBA player recently sold at auction for over $4.6 million, making it the most expensive NBA card ever sold at auction?
0: Do you think I'm... most most expensive... I'll give it a guess, and I'll ask a question. (laughs) Go ahead. Yeah. I get derailed, dude. My ADHD kicks soon. Um... Sorry, it's been a really, like, busy week at work. I have a uh, deadline on Thursday, so, like, anything that's not HVAC systems related, I'm like, let's talk about it. Yeah. Um. Okay. Most expensive rookie card ever sold at I'll auction. I'll say this,
1: he's still playing. Like, he's an active player.
0: Ah, just, that's so much money for a piece it, of cardboard. It is. That I could rip. I could rip with two fingers. Well... I don't want yeah. to show off my strength. I mean, could, probably, you could probably
1: rip a check for $4.6 million and a half too, but doesn't mean it's not
0: valuable. That's a little different though. Um, He's still playing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. LeBron? Good guess. It's
1: actually okay. Luka. Luka Doncic? Luka Doncic? Yeah. His, that uh,
0: is a smart investment. I mean, not that much money, but... I mean, if everyone's as long as he doesn't get injured, everyone's saying he's you know he's the next Larry Bird. Yeah, yeah. Why? So I mean, no, because he's (laughs) not as athletic as Michael Jordan.
1: Okay. (laughs) Uh, The card's the second most expensive sports card. It's the most expensive NBA card, but second most card overall. The most expensive card ever sold was a 1952 Topps baseball card of which Yankees great. Babe Ruth? No, it's a little late for Babe Ruth. A late? No, it's a little. 50s? Yeah, the 50s is kind of too late for Babe Ruth. Who bought it? Do you know? Did they release it? Uh the 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 Luca one or the Mickey Mantle one? The the Luca. One. The Mickey Mantle. The Luca I knew it was a Mickey private Mantle. sale.
0: He slipped up. Yeah, Got Mickey Mantle. Oh, dang
1: it. <laughs> It was yeah. Mickey Mantle, by the way. Uh, yeah, I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> the Luca card was a private sale, so I don't. I think it was. It wasn't.
0: Uh... I really, I really hope it was Mark Cuban. I really hope.
1: Maybe it was uh the the Luca card featured the NBA logo from one of his jerseys that he wore and had his signature in blue ink. But it was a one of a kind. You know, that was the only one they made in that specific format. So. Gotcha. Um, speaking of the NBA logo, though, the logo debuted in 1971 and features mm-hmm. the silhouette oh, of man. a basketball was... player dribbling down the court. The logo was reportedly based on a picture of which Lakers legend?
0: Yeah, 1971. Man. If this was a multiple choice question, I could probably get it. I've because like no one knows the guy, the dude's name. I, I don't know off the top of my head. He's I can't uh, not East, but. West, yeah. yeah, no, that's Batman. Um, <laughs> not Adam West, yeah, his yeah, name yeah, I, was Jerry West, Jerry, all time
1: Lakers NBA player.
0: Jerry West, yeah. they're here, like, yeah, I just saw it in the news because like they're thinking about, or there's been some thought to like they should change it to Kobe or they should change it to, I mean, the fact that it. I kind of, I mean, it's so iconic. It's like, why would, why do
1: you need to change it? I don't know. It isn't. It's,
0: I'm, I don't know. I kind of see it It's not like, like it
1: is Jerry West. It kind of just looks like anybody, but they just happen to base it off a picture of Jerry West, you know?
0: Yeah, that's fair. I, I mean, like, it's definitely very dated. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, I mean, just like if you watch. You could call it a classic, though. Yeah, you could. You could. But if you watch, like, <clears throat> the NBA Today. It, I mean, like, there's the, the logo looks rigid. It it's doesn't just look athletic. Guy,
1: it's just a guy running down the court, though.
0: But the way he just, I mean, he, just, right. he doesn't look like he's about to break anyone's ankles. Like right. I could, I don't want to brag, but I'm pretty sure I could guard the NBA logo. Not Jerry West, but just the, like just you, the, prefer, the silhouette you, in the logo. Okay. If you brought that individual to life, I could guard them. Okay. Back That's to how it you. looks. Back to
1: you. You have a fashion question. Speaking a of fashion looks, question. go for it.
0: Yeah. Not only is it a fashion question, it's another alter ego question. Ooh. Seems, seems to be a theme for this week's episode. Uh, with a new clothing line debuting on March 5th, donning the Lacoste crocodile, in order to get uh, into the mental space of a fashion designer, this famous singer took on the persona of a man he claimed to be Ricky Regal, a name that carries with it itself elegance and class. Images of condos in Manhattan and Cuban links uh, come, uh, come with his name. There was some talk of the clothing line being designated to be worn by players only, but the PR department of Lacoste didn't want to risk any sort of exclusivity in today's cancel, cancel culture world. Ooh. Who is this Grammy Award winning singer releasing his 70 Inspires clothing line earlier next week? There's a lot going on in there. There's a lot. Players only. Oh,
1: players only. it's, uh, yeah, yeah. I knew that was a hint. It's, uh, what's his name?
0: Um, Uh-oh. Bruno Mars. Bruno Mars. <laughs> Bruno Mars. <laughs> <laughs> Condos in Manhattan and Cuban links were also hints. Okay. Yeah, those went over my head, but that was good. <laughs> I like the question. <laughs> it was a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I reread it like six times and I still, I still butchered it. But yeah, uh, Bruno Mars, in summary, Bruno, Bruno Mars has a, uh, New clothing line hitting stores next week. Um, I guess that'd be Friday. What's it called? Partnered with the, cl- the cost. Uh, I don't know the actual clothing line called. I don't know if it has the name. Players is only. <laughs> Player, I mean, if it's not, it should be. Bruno Players only. Clothing. Uh, Let's see. I, yeah, he took on yeah, the persona of Ricky Regal. Ricky Regal. Oh, I see. Wow. That's quite the quite the look. It's very 70s. He said in a in an interview that he wanted collars down to his elbow. Interesting. And, uh, Interesting. I was looking at it and I was like, I could see myself rocking some of this. And then I saw the part where it's $90 for a t-shirt or $200 for like a jacket. And yeah. I was like. Ricky I'm Regal. A this guy, if you get
1: a chance. Well, maybe we'll tweet out a picture of Ricky Regal. There you go. That's a
0: yeah, I can do that. way to
1: check the Twitter. But uh, he looks like a 70s porn star in a tracksuit, but he's pretty cool.
0: <laughs> yeah, they're definitely not sending his stuff through the mail. <laughs> no. not illegal.
1: Not in the 1800s. Um, okay. Uh, TV awards I've got a question for you about. Basically, the Golden it. Globes is what we're talking about. Uh, the, did you Golden watch the Golden Globes. I didn't. They aired no earlier. Did, they aired earlier this week. Um, in a first for the Globes, in a bi-coastal ceremony, with which two comedians hosting from New York and Los Angeles simultaneously.
0: Oh, uh, I think it was uh, it was Amy Poehler and. Oh my gosh, I can picture her. Um... Yes, man. All I can think of is Liz, Liz Lemon from yep. Thirty Rock. What's her name, though? This individual who is the first writer on SNL. First name starts with T. Name is Tina Fey.
1: There you go. Thank you, Tina Fey. Amy Poehler hosted simultaneously from across the country. Notable about the awards, we had. Uh, we talked about this last week. Chloe Zhao became the second woman to win the award for best director. We we talked about she was nominated last week. Um, yep. for her movie No Bad Land, the first and previously only woman to win the Best Director Award at the Golden Globes was which actress and Broadway star?
0: Ooh, actress and Broadway star. Yeah. Hmm. I just got to make sure I don't give the same guesses that I gave last. Wait, oh, uh... Well, I had an episode idea,
1: like an Evergreen episode, where... I put together a trivia show where all the answers are the things that you guess but are wrong answers <laughs> all the time. <laughs> so.
0: Just like a <laughs> just like yeah like any it's, sort of sitcom that gets bored and just has to like do a memory episode. Greatest hits. But it's just like yeah. I'm
1: asking you questions and all the answers are the things that you often guess because those are things.
0: But Oh man, imagine if we went right into like answer. every other recording and we just like Sound bit like me it'd going, be Babe Ruth. Ah, it'd be ooh, Babe Ruth mm, as an old ah. baseball player, dude. That's all it is. It's classics. Yeah, some could argue it's a classic. This um, woman, if you can
1: name a Broadway star like an old Broadway star who's also an actress, that's the person.
0: But old? Like is she old? Or she's she, like, also she was... old.
1: I mean, she, I mean, she wasn't at the time,
0: right? But okay, I, I don't know. I don't know. So um, oh. mm-hmm. give um, me your initials. Well, I'm thinking of two.
1: Okay. Julie Andrews is one of them, but okay. I don't think she directed good guess. anything. I like that guess, though. Very good thank guess. Thank you,
0: thank you. Um, A little and bit after her. One, A little bit after her. After? Yeah. Yikes. Um, I can't, what is her name? She's like, she's Hollywood royalty. Oh. Um. She plays the Devil Wears Prada. She plays the, the witch and Into the Woods. No, not her. Uh, not her. What's her name, though?
1: I don't know, you get me sidetracked. I'm looking at another name and you're asking me. Um
0: You're supposed to be the trivia guy. Yeah,
1: I'm the fun comedic relief. Okay, it's not her. Ah, hi, hi. It's uh what is her all name? Right, you tell me the answer all the time. The answer is Barbara Streisand for Yent. Oh, I was directed not have Yentl it. in I think it was 1971. Yentl? Yentl. Y E N T L. Do you know what Yentl is about? I don't. Meryl Streep. I don't. There. That's it. <laughs> I don't have the plot yeah. summary for Yentl in front no, of that's me. That's fine. I'm just curious. I just. Um, I mean, it doesn't like. She is a woman. Nothing about the
0: word Yentl. Living
1: in Poland in 1904, it's a romantic musical drama. Yentl. Yeah. Have not seen it. Barbara Streisand is one of only a handful of entertainers to have won the EGOT of awards. You know those. I've heard of it. EGOT is Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, Tony. So, Barbara Streisand okay. has won all four of those. I'm wondering if you could name for me any other person who has won all four of those awards and as a hint, most often they're involved in the music of movies or TV shows or, you know, Broadway because that's kind of the common thread yeah. through all those things, but they can be actresses and comedians and all that stuff as well. So, Babe Ruth. (laughs) No, give me a real guess. Somebody who's involved in like the
0: entertainment industry, but it's just like a big name.
1: You might be able to get
0: one. I bet I I would put money. I don't know if Vegas has betting on this, but I bet um, (laughs) Lin-Manuel Miranda wins one eventually. Yeah. If he ever gets into like TV. I doubt it. Got
1: to win that Emmy. TV's dying. Um, TV's dying. When's the last time you watched TV? like actual broadcast television? Yeah. The Super Bowl. But see? Yeah. No, I'm not. But I mean, go ahead. Let's let's I'm hear guy time. Yeah, Don't yeah. worry about me. <laughs> I'm just um, fine. Egot. You get you um, poke me, you get me ranting about something. It just buys you time.
0: Yeah. Or I'll give away dance. the answer. Like Mickey Mouse dance puppet <laughs> dance. Um Oh gosh. I feel like I know at least one of them. Um I think of really good singers. Uh, ooh, what's his um? Has Anna Kendrick won all of those? Uh, no.
1: But that, I like okay. that because I know she had a history and she started in Broadway, so that makes
0: sense. Yeah. But. Um, Anne Hathaway. Mm, good. Good guesses. Good guess. Uh, James Corden.
1: No. James Corden.
0: <laughs> he's... I don't like it. Dude, have you seen the... Pe- he <laughs> yeah, but he would, a- I don't
1: think he could ever win a major,
0: like, acting award, if if that makes sense. I don't think so either, but he's a relatively large man in Hollywood, so, like, okay. they're going to eat that up.
1: All right. Some of the ones he might have got here. Uh, John Legend has done it. Um,
0: uh-huh. Quincy yeah, Jones. Yeah. He screams emotion. Well, and he's involved in music. He's involved in music. Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Cheater. Uh, Andrew Lloyd Webber, Whoopi Goldberg, oh. Nell Brooks, Audrey Hepburn. Those are just some of the people. Just, just a smattering. But Barbara Streisand is also a on smattering. that. Smattering. Yeah. Good word. Thank you. Barbara Streisand Makes kind of counts because she won a special Tony Award in 1970. So she didn't win a competitive category for her Tony, but. Was that like a participation trophy for... You know, sometimes they award these honorary and special categories just for a certain person, but she does have all four, so fair enough. Uh, Back to
0: you. You've got a question about animals. Oh, this was um, one of those, you know, every now and then we come across news stories and items that I don't know how to turn it into a question without being too specific. Um, Okay. So it's more of just a shout out. There's a random fact that... Scientists have come across this past week, um, but whale sharks are now believed to carry some some similar traits to that of salamanders, mm. and like over pictures- They can you know, survive over time fire. Like, what?
1: I said they can survive fire. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I really highly doubt that, but maybe. <laughs> they're the world's largest fish, so who knows? Okay. I, wanna, I mean, it's probably never tested, so for all we know- Tell me about whale sharks. Kids. Sorry. <laughs> no, uh, they- Scientists have, like, seen pictures of of the same whale shark over time, and they're seeing, like, regrowth and uh, muscular, not just, like, fixing of a cut, but, like, rebuilding tissue. Oh. And it's, like, regrowing its dorsal fin. Huh. It was originally, like, completely lopped off, and it's, like, showing regrowth over time. So, same way that, like, salamanders and certain lizards can, like, regrow their tails. Yeah. Like, they're apparently whale sharks. Can, uh, they're discovering that also they also contain that ability to, you know, do a little bit of... What do you call of, that? Uh,
1: Is there like a word for that limb regrowth or something? Or
0: Oh, I'm sure there's a scientific word. I just don't know what it would be. But yeah, I thought that was really interesting. And I uh, hmm. wanted to point that out. Regener- regeneration. Or... Yeah. That's what it says. <laughs> Don't know why I sounded like an 80-year-old smoker there, but yeah. Ugh. Okay. Cellular regeneration, kiddo. Well, speaking of animals. Yeah. A scientific
1: yeah. breakthrough is giving a boost to one endangered species in the United States. For the first time in history, an endangered American species has been cloned. Can you tell me what type of animal has been cloned to take that distinction? <clears throat>
0: They cloned and endangered. That's that's risky scientists. It's already endangered. You're going to start playing with it. I mean, it makes sense. But at the same time, endangered American species, huh? I turned into Sean Conner. It's a small
1: mammal. Small mammal. Yeah. And I didn't even know that these were endangered.
0: North American or like United States?
1: Yes. I would assume North American.
0: Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? Yes. Also, the United States. But United I mean, States. does this small mammal have a passport? Can it just willy-nilly go in between borders? I'm sure they would let it. Hmm. Must be cute then. It is cute. Hmm. People
1: sometimes have them as pets. And it's and it's endangered. Well, it's a certain
0: type that's endangered, right? But oh, okay. I got you. I got you. So like a, I'm thinking like a gerbil or like a some sort of rodent type mm-hmm. mammal.
1: Okay, yeah,
0: like a, a certain s- subspecies of squirrel. Okay. But I can't You're imagine close. those are even remotely endangered. Those things are everywhere. You're
1: close to what it is. It kind of looks like a squirrel. Stretch it the out answer. a little. Stretch it out a little more. Weasel?
0: Not <laughs> close. Ferret.
1: A ferret. Ferret, The black-footed what ferret. Is
0: it, I thought a weasel and a ferret were the same thing. I don't know. Scientific what The terms. black-footed
1: ferret, as recently as the 1980s, it was thought that the black-footed ferret was uh, extinct in North America. But in 1981, a rancher found a small population of them on his property. And from that small population, 650 are alive today. Um, but there were only seven in that small population, so all of the extant uh, 650 are related to those seven so they needed to add some biodiversity kind of back into the population or else they'd get kind of you know it's not good to have lack of biodiversity because you're prone to a lot of illnesses and stuff like that so they cloned Mm -hmm. one from the 1980s that they had collected a DNA sample from and now they're going to reintroduce that one back into the population so that there's more genetic diversity
0: well, good for them. <laughs> yeah. That's yep. Kind of ironic though, it's like we need to help out with nature or else they're going to have problems. Let's clone it. Like we need, we need some more we need some more like we need some more healthy reproduction. Clone, that's the answer. Yeah. Well, I mean
1: there's no more left, so they had to go somewhere. But uh I thought I had this source for this, but evidently not. Anyway, um, are you looking up ferret versus weasel?
0: Yes, ferrets have longer bodies and a shorter uh, and a shorter tail compared to weasels. Interesting. And then ferrets are nocturnal and <clears throat> cre- cre- crepuscular. Yeah. Crepuscular creatures, while weasels are not. Mm. Do you know what crepuscular means? Yeah, it means you're active at uh, dusk and dawn. That's like what nocturnal means. Stupid. No. Nocturnals this at night. Dumb website Nocturnal. making me look stupid. Scienceing.com. Um, really? Someone well, got let's, a Well, Let's see if
1: you can weasel your way out of this last question here. Uh, probably not. If things go according to plan, Haley Arcano, a 29-year-old, will become the youngest American to ever do what this fall?
0: This fall? Yep. This sounds like a bad pitch for like a the happy time go of lucky year. High school is irrelevant. TV drama the time of year isn't really relevant. I was just saying that in the question. But all right, well Venus is in retrograde, so first American.
1: She will become the youngest American to ever youngest. do what?
0: Is she doing some sort of like physical feat? Like is she trying to like climb Mount Everest or? A lot of people are rock climbing for records nowadays. Mm. Mm. I have no clue. Uh,
1: there's, I mean, well, you're. I thought you were going to. you going to get there saying Venus was in retrograde. She's going to be the youngest American to ever go to space. <laughs> oh, the space category <laughs> secretly shows up once again. Um, it always shows up. Haley, that's dirty head. Yeah, Haley has been selected as part of the crew of the upcoming inspiration for SpaceX trip making her the youngest American or which will make her the youngest American to ever leave the atmosphere she will take the record from which other American woman who first flew on STS-7 back in
0: 1983 I don't even have a guess for
1: you famous woman astronaut and you would get it yeah her name
0: was Sally Ride Heard, Sally Ride. Never heard of her? Other than Buzz Aldrin and Neil Armstrong, I got no one for you. Sally Ride. That's another one to know. She was oh, the man. youngest American. She
1: was 32 at the time of her flight. But now Haley Arkano will probably become the, uh, <clears throat> the youngest. That Inspiration 4, apparently that's the first... I'm just gonna cut this. <laughs> Never mind. It's a SpaceX mission, but they're not going to the International Space Station. It's like they're just going into orbit on their own. So I think it's the first commercial mission to ever orbit the Earth. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. It's, I wonder what kind of. I wonder if like there's any sort of like laws or hoops that SpaceX and Elon. I mean, I understand it's not just Elon Musk, but yeah. like. That they have to jump through, or like, I think they're working pretty
1: closely with NASA for like the the astronaut selection thing, and then yeah, in terms of like, I don't know, like not hitting anything else. This just so
0: untouched, untouched, uh, like new, unbroken ground that like there aren't even laws made up because they really thought that the only people that would ever go to space would be government entities. I not, I'm pretty sure they have to get like approval from the
1: government, but. I don't know what kind of laws they have to deal with. But
0: I mean, I would assume like it's like airspace for like like any other flying object, if you had to get air, you got to get clearance FAA clearance. Yeah. But then it'd be like, oh, "And where what are your flight intentions for the day?" Just up. <laughs> uh, straight up. S- space. <laughs> no, for real sir, where are you trying to go? Yeah. Space.
1: But uh yeah, Haley Arcano. That's a name to remember. Haley she will become the youngest American to ever go to space. But
0: Say Sally Ride? What was it? Sally
1: name? Ride. Yep. Ride uh. Yep. With the D. Um, okay. No more questions about this week, right? That was the end of that. No more questions about this week. That's So, correct. now we're going to move on to trivial riffing. This is where Hibbs and I take a listener suggested topic and we've browsed about it, we tried to write some questions about it, and we just want to kind of spout some fun facts for you. But this week we're going to be talking about Dallas, as suggested by listener Clay on Twitter and listener Zach, the city, and then maybe a little bit about the TV show, maybe a lot about the TV show actually. Personally, for me, it's going to be more <laughs> about the TV show and less about the city. Uh, let's start with the Let's start with the city though first. Okay. Dallas is currently my home. It's the fourth largest metroplex in the United States, with about uh, what is it, eight million people. Absolutely no
0: plan of how to handle weather below 32 (laughs) degrees, apparently. Yeah. We have a real problem with cold weather, so
1: don't even ask.
0: You have one problem with cold weather. You had one bad
1: The Dallas area, we're just going to go over a little history of Dallas. The Dallas area was first settled by the Caddo Nation prior to European settlement. Um, Another interesting fact I saw about it is the name is not really certain. They're not really sure where the name Dallas came from. But the official historical marker states that it comes from the vice president, George M. Dallas, but he was from Philadelphia. So that's kind of why would they name it after him? So historians are kind of undecided about where the name came from. But there's other people that were named Dallas that were relatively important to the area, and they're just not sure exactly who it's named for.
0: They couldn't name it after someone who was from the area because... You know, it's a a classic chicken-the-egg scenario. Like, how do you name... Well,
1: but the city name came after people had already lived there. I get what you're saying. But why would you name it after a vice president from Philadelphia? You know what I mean? Name it I mean, Sam Houston, you know? That makes sense. Like, he's from Texas. Well, it's already taken.
0: Well, I don't know. You know what I'm saying. Um, (laughs) Uh, I have an idea. We'll name it after you. Oh, nope. Can't do that. Houston 2. Oh, gosh. In uh,
1: July of 1860... A fire broke out in the square, destroying most of the buildings in the business district of Dallas. And it said, on Wikipedia, it said, out of fear, many white residents assumed that slaves were behind it, and two abolitionists were run out of town. Just, just ran abolitionists out of town because they assumed that slaves were behind the fire. And then they lynched three African-American slaves, and officials ordered all other slaves to be whipped.
0: That'll bring the houses back.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's like, it's one of many slightly troubling racist incidents about the history of Dallas that I read.
0: I mean, I'm more of a, I try to be like funny and like <laughs> that's something that I shouldn't be making fun of or poking fun at. And so that's, I mean, like I said, very uh, ir- unironic. Dallas. I do always, I enjoy hearing people got run out of town because like, I'm sure they were like, they, they knew people were coming after them, so they like snuck out of town. Yeah. But I always get like a mental image of like people... Like three people on horseback running, and then two guys just like sprinting for the like that imaginary line that says like "Welcome to Dallas" or "Welcome to Houston too," and they're they're just trying their best to get it. If I can just get across that line, we're home free. Yeah.
1: But so Dallas saw a big influx of people after two major railroads uh, intersected near Dallas. Do you know what either of those two railroads would be? This would be some deep Dallas trivia
0: if you knew these. Yeah, that is. <clears throat> I'm sure I've heard the name, and I'm sure they like- So they the major
1: understood. the major North-South Railroad was called the Houston and Texas Central Railroad, which later okay. became part of Union Pacific, and then the East-West Railroad was the Texas and Pacific Railway, but they mm. came to Dallas in 1973, and then uh, the population of Dallas was about 3,000- in 1872 and by 1873 it was over 7,000 so more than doubled Dang. since the the railway showed up and that kind of wow. cemented dallas as a major like commercial hub because those two railroads came right through dallas so um i don't know but what what do you have about more maybe more modern stuff in dallas anything uh interesting you came across
0: uh, i just came across a couple things that were German chocolate cake was actually, or not German chocolate cake. German chocolate was invented in Dallas. I thought that was interesting. Um, That's after a name someone. called German? Yeah, called get, German, the, guy's, no? the guy's name was German. Huh. Or his name was, Something. wasn't of the language of Germany, it was. Yeah, uh, literally
1: the word German was his last Samuel name. German. Samuel German, yes, was German. his name. <laughs> Nice. Created a
0: formulation of dark baking chocolate, which was then used in the German chocolate cake recipe. Huh. Interesting. And then the frozen margarita machine was invented in Dallas. <laughs> what so. does that even
1: mean? I guess I know what that means. It's like the spinning uh, oh, Yeah, uh keeps the slushy material cold. <laughs> oh, well, a little bit more eventful, the integrated circuit. More eventful? The integrated Back circuit was first invented by Dallas area... Uh, engineer Jack Kilby. Do you know what company he worked for at the time? Jack Kilby? Yeah. Major tech company based in Dallas. You can do this.
0: I have a couple guesses, but I don't, okay. I don't think they're both wrong. I don't know. Uh, it has It has the states in the name. <laughs> it has the states in the name? <laughs> the state in the name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, maybe I don't know it then. Uh <laughs> i don't know texas Uh, instruments oh they uh first yeah yeah, 1958
1: first integrated circuit um i do like their calculators do you know which dallas area high school has produced two heisman trophy winners and the heisman trophy is the best college football player basically
0: oh there's a lot of good football around texas yeah around dallas specifically I'll say this: It's in East Dallas. If you could, if you know Dallas area high schools, I don't know. It's probably like Allen or Tr- Allen Trinity. I mean, it's getting a little, a little more north. Um, east uh, Allen's east. I don't know.
1: So it's actually uh, Woodrow Wilson High School. Oh, they produced Davy O'Brien in 1937 and Tim Brown in. 39, I think, and then Tim Brown in 87. Allen has Kyler Murray, so I'll give you that one. They have one Heisman Mm. Trophy winner, but yeah, they have two Heisman Trophy winners out of Woodrow Wilson High School, and that's the only high school in the only public high school in the country that has produced two Heisman Trophy winners. So there you go.
0: I like it. In 1910, prostitution was legal in Dallas and the red light district known as Frogtown. Wow. Where, I mean, if you're a local Dallasite... Uh, where what all rogers freeway stands today is where Frogtown was and i mean it just sparks so many questions why is it called Frogtown why? exactly why Frogtown
1: you don't know you don't have an answer for me
0: i don't have an answer for you i can, i'll look it up
1: okay um prior to the Dallas Cowboys prior to the Dallas Cowboys joining the NFL
0: Right. There were o- okay. there were
1: two other teams in the Dallas area, two other professional football teams. One was in 1952 in the NFL, and one was an AFL team in 1960. What name did both of those teams have? They had the same name.
0: The Dallas what? I want to say like Stars or Mavericks because they wouldn't be original. Um, I mean, they would be original, but... Man, Cowboys is just such a good name for a football Yeah, team. well, this might be better. In fact, it's... Yeah, it might be Dallas better. Dallas Racist.
1: It's the Dallas Texans.
0: Oh. See? Well,
1: it's so good they had to use it again.
0: Yeah? They were, yeah. Came right after, the, like, they were like, all right, what should we call this place? <laughs> yeah, Texans. Were like, yeah, easy. The Houston, no, we can't call it Houston. All right, well, <laughs> how about Dallas? Uh, Dallas will work. All right, football team. What should we call the football team? The Texans, oh, no, can't do that We're one.
1: simple people, you know? Yeah. Just say Let what you know. comes into our heads here. Uh. Okay. Do you have anything else about Dallas before we move on? Not the city, but I might circle back to Frogtown. Okay. Dallas, the TV show, TV sensation, not just a show. It was a cultural phenomenon. Dallas was an hour-long primetime soap opera, which aired from 1978 until 1991. It was the most watched show in America in the early 1980s, and it topped the Nielsen ratings 3 times 1980, 1981, and 1983. Uh, Dallas became well known for its cliffhanger episodes, often ending in a season only pr- to be resolved the following year with the next season. The most famous example of this was the season 3 finale titled A House Divided in which this character is
0: shot by an unseen assailant. Uh, it was JR JR is his name, JR. No, I'm blanking. JR Ewing. Who shot, who shot Jr? Yeah. Do you know who did shoot Jr? It was the sister of his wife. Also known as
1: the sister-in-law. Yeah. Nice. Nah. <laughs>
0: Her name was Kristen
1: Shepard on the show, and she was the one that shot Jr. but yeah, that was the season three finale was an episode where Jr. gets shot, and then you had to wait a whole nine months. Three months? Well, no, it was nine months because it was like the rest of the- Oh, yeah. It was
0: like March, November. Or the rest like of
1: the calendar year. To figure out who shot him,
0: I, I I saw in an interview that like apparently uh, uh, who was the guy that played Jr. You, uh, ha. Anyway, he the the actor was visiting Queen uh, Elizabeth. Yes, and even she asked like, "Hey, who shot who shot Jr." And he was like, "I, I can't I can't even tell you." Like <laughs> the queen was the queen wanted to know she was. I know it was a big. Uh-
1: Larry Hagman was his name. Apparently, Kristen, the character, was JR's scheming sister-in-law and mistress who shot him in a fit of anger. JR did not press charges as Kristen claimed she was pregnant with his child as a result of their affair. Ooh, scandalous. Spicy, spicy, that spicy. one sentence alone gives you an idea of exactly what the show is about.
0: <laughs> I feel like that oh, it's, a, capital- it's a soap. Yeah. I never mean, watched a soap opera. I mean I have,
1: but like it's weird the idea of like a primetime soap opera because that doesn't really exist in our day and time anymore right but
0: yeah it was also weird to like i don't know whenever you were reading it but like if it it stood out to you but it was weird to see how it was like and then after the third season cliffhanger and like what 90 million people viewed in for the first episode of season four whatever it was right it was like it got moved to the the friday night spot and like I remember back, like when I used to watch sitcoms and stuff like that. That I would like I follow week to week before Netflix and streaming and all that stuff. Right. That like if my favorite show got moved to Friday at seven o'clock, I was like, oh, well, this is game <laughs> over. <laughs> Time to find a new one. Yeah. We are circling the drain. Yeah. So but back in the '70s, that was like the that was the go-to spot because of the recession or something. People. of the out. recession or something. Yeah. But apparently, yeah, like you said, Stick between with me, kids, I got your history lessons right here. The
1: source I had said between 83 million and 90 million Americans watched that season four premiere to find out who shot JR. Premier? Premier?
0: Premier. Premier. Premiere Premier sounds more pretentious than me saying, my name is Austin Premier. G. Hibbs. Uh, Premier. But Premier. That, that
1: number of viewers represented 76% of all television viewers at the time. Which is Jeez. a crazy number.
0: <laughs> That's insane.
1: <laughs> but that was the most watched episode of any TV show up until the final episode of which drama aired in
0: 1983. Do <laughs> do 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 do. Mash.
1: Mash. That's it. Dim do dum dim dum I don't know. I haven't seen Mash, but I believe you. When you
0: sing that, dun, dun. that's a spot on. That's my pitch perfect abilities coming in. Right Suicide
1: there. is painless. Mm-hmm. What else? You got anything? We're in MASH terror. We're in Dallas territory. We're in MASH territory.
0: <laughs> Can you tell me what? Well, I just—I didn't really write questions. I just had a fun a list of. Uh, oh, who was the only? The, there's an actress, actor. Sorry, there's an actor on the show, uh, and she was the only actor of the group of uh, all those people on on Dallas to win a an Emmy, Emmy for her performance. I don't know I at? don't know her name. Barbara Bell Gates got Ga- Ga- got either Gaddis or Gates. I don't know how to pronounce her name. Okay. But she the only <laughs> Yeah, um
1: speaking of its cultural relevance, so it was the most watched show in 81 80 81 and 83 and it tied for second place in 84-85, but do you know what the first place show was that year? It was another primetime soap opera called Dynasty.
0: Knott's Landing? The no, it was, it was of- called Dynasty. But the, oh, yeah, the yeah, yeah, plot
1: yeah. of Dynasty was like the same thing as Dallas. It was basically like a, the ABC version of, Dyn- of Dallas. <laughs> so there were two shows about oil barons in Texas occurring at The exact same time on American television, and they were like the number one and number two watch shows at the time. And I I was gonna, I was gonna joke about how it's like, oh, American TV must have been really lame back then, like all everything was the same. But if you think about it, there was like thirty-seven versions of CSI on TV at the same time as well. So it's kind of just. Well, I mean, they follow trends
0: now. Like right now, it's the 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 goofy, but. Just hardworking, loving father with the wife that's way out of his league. And well, that's kind of always been TV. The bratty, the bratty daughter, and the, the the suck up kid. That's. But
1: yeah, you said Dallas. So Dallas spawned a spinoff series called Knots Landing in 1979, and that lasted 14 seasons. The spinoff. And the
0: spinoff was even like, it wasn't really a spinoff because it was uh-huh. they wrote they wrote Knots Landing before Dallas, oh. and then Knots Landing didn't get picked up. Dallas got picked up and then they were like, "Oh, well, what was that other one you had? The the sailing one?" And they were like, "Oh yeah, Knott's landing." And I mean, that's a, that's the that's verbatim how the conversation went. Yeah. And uh so yeah, it's like one of the, probably one of the few spin-offs that was actually written before the the first uh, its main material. Mm. Um the show was supposed to be called Houston because I mean, Houston has a greater like uh oil. Yeah. What happened with that? Capital or whatever. Um, Dallas just sounded better, apparently. They were just like, Dallas is a little more catchier. Can't win them all, Houston. Sorry. Sorry.
1: (laughs) What else? Anything?
0: So there's some speculation that the airing and the viewing of the TV show Dallas actually led to the downfall of communism in what country?
1: Uh, I think I read this at some point. Romania? Romania is
0: correct. Yeah. Because it was like one of the few Western shows that they allowed to be on. Right. With under the premise of like, well, if maybe if our citizens watch Dallas, they won't, it's, they'll see all the. Yeah. It was supposed to be like
1: anti capitalist because. Yeah. Cause there like was only all this backstabbing like, and stuff happening over money.
0: Yeah. And then people in Romania were like, I want that.
1: <laughs> I'd rather be the guy being backstabbed about money than have no money at all.
0: And the guy getting yeah backstabbed over bread like <laughs> yeah
1: so that was interesting yeah
0: it's crazy how like big of a reach this show had
1: yeah anything else any final thoughts on Dallas the TV show or Dallas the city uh,
0: who was the only character <laughs> to appear in every episode it was Jr yeah, that's correct I just thought that was interesting I thought that was a good one that's something you can take with you nothing on the city okay. Obviously, I don't love the city too much. I always thought so. There. In
1: conclusion, Dallas really important, really important, really popular early '80s TV show, and it was produced. Uh, it was renewed. They they revived the series in oh, 2012, yeah. 2012 for 2012. three seasons, but who knows? Didn't didn't take off as much as the original did, I guess. But that's well, it.
0: Clearly, it was 2012, like 2014 or something like that. Yeah. Like it was... Well,
1: they still got three series out of it. So, or three seasons. <clears throat> anyway I mean yeah
0: bad that's Dallas Dallas you happy Zach and Clay
1: appreciate the suggestion there clay absolutely on Twitter he was uh, we requested ideas for hot seat topics and we've kind of adapted that one into this new segment we're still workshopping this don't know if we need more structure or just a little bit you know maybe we should just ask questions let us know what you think about this segment you can reach us on Twitter like Clay did at trivia rewrites. Or you can send us an email to trivia rewrites at gmail.com. I don't think we got any new tweets or emails this week, but uh, if you want to send those our way, we can read them out, read out your suggestions, read out your questions, whatever you got. But uh, any thoughts, Hibs, final thoughts before we sign off here?
0: You know, I, I don't think I have any. I'm just trying to <laughs> – I always try to sum it up something. and I'm always afraid that it's just going to – whatever genius I come up with off the cuff is going to get cut anyway. True. No, 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 I got nothing. I got nothing, man.
1: Okay. Well, we appreciate everyone for listening, especially those listeners who've sent us uh, suggestions or topics that we can discuss on the show. Uh, Again, reach out on Twitter or email if you're interested in doing that. But if not, we will talk to you next week. Take it easy, guys.